0: What's up, friends? Welcome to Web3 Academy, a place for entrepreneurs, creators, and marketers to explore and learn how to use Web3 to transform business models and create thriving communities. Enjoy this next episode. GM, GM,
1: GM, what's up, Web3 Doers? It is Web3 Academy, the weekly doer spotlight. And today with us, we have Danielle Eagleson and Kristen Wiggs from Proxy to talk about PR and the media and what's going on in uh, Web3 and what are they thinking about Web3, both the good, the bad, and the ugly, and what can you be doing in your business to make sure that you're prepping for PR uh, and the media? and telling the best story that you can for your business, which we know is not always easy. Uh, So really excited to have Danielle and Kristen on the podcast today. Uh, But before I jump into their bio, as always, I'm here with my co-host, Kyle. What's up, Kai? What's up, friends? Happy to be here, as usual. So before I introduce uh, or as I introduce Danielle and Kristen, I just want to give you guys a little bit of a background on them because they have incredible experience, both of them. So Danielle is the senior manager of Earn media at Proxy, where she focuses on social media, public relations and community building. Uh, before joining Proxy and jumping into the Web3 world, Danielle spent many years in public relations and media relations in the hospital and healthcare industry. She also spent some time in the motorsports industry doing marketing, PR, and social media for an indie car driver. That sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, And in her free time, she loves to read books uh, and dote on her two golden retrievers, uh, Hmm. who maybe we'll see at some point in the podcast. I don't know, it'd be nice to see them though. We never complain about dogs here. Uh, And then we've got Kristen as well. Kristen is director of communications at Proxy. She began her professional career as a newspaper reporter in Phoenix. After a short stint in the political world, she became a publicist for professional athletes. From there, she worked in healthcare PR for one of the largest hospital systems in the U.S. And then last October, she joined Proxy as their director of communications. And over the last six months, Proxy has become a Web3 company, which uh, we were just chatting before jumping on the podcast, happened, I believe, after both Danielle and Kristen Joined the company, so
0: yeah their
1: their rabbit hole story will be quite interesting because it sounds like you were both thrown down the rabbit hole, maybe not by choice, but seems like it's a, a good thing. So Danielle, Kristen, welcome to the podcast. So happy to have you here.
2: Thanks for having us.
1: You're welcome. Uh, so we we love to just start with. Learning our guest's rabbit hole story, uh, Danielle will go with you first, and then Kristen will go over to you. Uh, just tell us about how you sort of fell down the rabbit hole, what that was like, uh, and maybe why uh, you maybe why you stuck it out and stayed in Web three. When yeah. I'm sure, when it happened that way, it would have been easy to to, to exit out.
3: Yeah, um, as you mentioned, we joined Proxy in October. Um, at the time, was not a Web3 company. Um, kind of made that pivot in January of this year. So um, it was definitely very new to me. I had heard of crypto. I knew what Bitcoin was, but didn't really know what Web3 was or anything beyond just the surface level. So um, we spent a lot of time just digging in and learning as much as we could, reading articles and watching YouTube videos and just kind of giving ourselves a web three education. Um, it was definitely scary in the beginning, just coming into this whole new world. Um, but it was really interesting to me just to be learning something totally new and something that seemed to be really important, um, just for the internet and our privacy in general. Um, it was something that I've, Thought was pretty exciting and that I wanted to be a part of. Um, And I just had a really great team at Proxy that I wanted to stick with and just stick it out and see what happened. Yeah. So um, obviously I have
2: the same story as Danielle, Um, but- Did you guys join at
1: the same time? Like how close together did you join?
2: We started at the exact same time.
1: The exact same day.
2: We worked (laughs) together. Our last job in the hospital system was together. Um, so we're, we're kind of like, it's funny. We've become like a little package deal in our career. Like we're like looking at our partners, um, working for companies. We don't work for ourselves, but, um, it, yeah, we definitely, our careers have like followed that trajectory for several years now. This makes um, sense
0: why we got you both on the podcast at the exact same time. Right, yeah. yeah so do we've we done
2: it by ourselves. Like, no, I like, still have to be there too. So, yeah. <laughs> um, But yeah, uh, you know, Proxy, like we had really just like started to feel comfortable at, you know, like anytime you start a new job, especially like coming to a totally different industry, like from healthcare to tech um, and startup even. So like that's just even on top of being in tech, I feel Mm -hmm. like that's like a whole other thing to get used to um, and learn. But they, you know, they, they believed in a lot of the, like what they were working on before they became a Web3 company. Was like everything that Web three cares about.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So they, as far as like, um, you know, owning our data and mm-hmm. having control over user tables and and just knowing what's basically happening to your to your data. Um, So, so it, it made sense. Like it was very, it felt logical, even though we didn't even really know what it was. Um, and then as we started learning more, um, and went down the rabbit hole, like, I have to say, I think we were so lucky because it literally became our job for like four months to just learn it, to sit in and listen on the Twitter spaces and, you know, dive down discord server (laughs) like (laughs) you know like it was just it was like jumping into a frying pan but at the same time like I feel like when most people are learning about web3 they're doing it like at night after they finish their other job like on the side like I felt so fortunate that it was literally like eight hours a day I'm just supposed to be sitting there learning um so I think we were really fortunate in that way um but I still don't feel, you know, I feel like there's still so much more to learn. Of course,
0: The the rabbit hole never ends in web (laughs) three. You just continue to go deeper and deeper and deeper. And as you unlock things, it unlocks a whole nother rabbit hole. You got to go down. So uh, (laughs) don't expect that to stop anytime soon. Um, I have a question. You guys have been down this rabbit hole for now for what are we in? Is it June? It's June right now, right? So six, seven months, no, eight, nine months, I guess, if it was October, nine, 10 months. Well,
2: we um, started in like end of December is when it started end going. End of December. Yeah. Okay,
0: so you've basically started since prices have been going down from the very top because prices started to go down mm-hmm. in November in this industry. So I'm curious from a from a PR perspective, um, you guys are both PR experts. Um, what have you noticed in this industry over the first, you know, your first, you know, half a year in the space? does the media hate web three this is what i kind of think when i think of <laughs> pr when i think of media there's a lot of bad stuff in my opinion i don't know what you guys see um, but give us the kind of high level like how are we doing in terms of pr as an industry um what are you what are you seeing or what have you noticed so far
2: kyle you've invited me to up to my soapbox now and it's going to be really <laughs> hard for me not to be like preaching but um yeah i mean i would say it I don't think the media hates web three. I don't think they know what web three is, but I think they might Mm. hate crypto. Like Mm. I, you know, I think that as, as they understand that they, I just don't think they understand it. So it's hard to cover it in a meaningful way outside of scams and rug pulls or like crashes. Right. Like that's, I think um, when, when they don't have that thorough understanding of it, and you have to stay surface level that's what they're able to cover and i think it gets clicks and people like to watch a train wreck right so Mm -hmm. i think that's how it's covered right now and i mean even like daniel and i both i'm sure you guys do too it's like when people your friends and family hear that you're working in this area it's like the vitriol you get And Uh especially if someone even utters NFT, it's like, oh, my God, like, can we, like, put this back in, like, the box or, you know, like, it's just, I think it's really intense. Um, But no, I mean, what I've observed is, like, incredibly kind, caring people who are willing to share their knowledge and teach you from a, a, on Twitter, like from just a Twitter Mm -hmm. conversation or, Mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, and I've observed people building really amazing things and I don't ever see the stories. Um, I, I do think, I think I shared the link, um, uh, before the, the, we started mm-hmm. recording, but I, I did love a story that came um, out of ETH Denver, and I believe it is from, like, a communications firm, like, worked to place the story. I'll have to go back. I, there's a Twitter thread where they started interacting with me, um, but that was coordinated by PR professionals who, like, embedded a journalist at ETH Denver with mm-hmm. team, and, like, they actually learned what people are building and doing. Um, And I think that's the kind of thing that I, of course, that's what I would like to see more of. Um, I mean, I think there's amazing human impact, like, that that this has impacted people's lives for the better. I'm sure there's a lot of, you know, a lot of people have lost money, too, but there are, like, really amazing things that are happening, Mm -hmm. too, and they're just not getting covered. Um, And actually, maybe this is, like, a good... Way to um, bring this up, like I, had, I don't know if you guys know Michael Littig, but he is with um, Hug XYZ, and it's oh, like yeah. it's like an yeah. incubator for NFT projects. Um, yeah. I stumbled across his Twitter thread of like he's worked with refugees for like decades, um, completely unrelated to working in Web three, and he just went over to Kenya and onboarded a bunch of refugees at one of the camps there and gave them their learning certificate in the form of like of an minted nft for them Mm -hmm. for the education certificate and if you're a refugee in kenya like that's all you have for education is your certificate Mm -hmm. and frequently when you have to move in the middle of the night because you're in Mm -hmm. danger you can only grab like your phone your kids and like that's Mm -hmm. it so your education certificates, like you have to start over again and again and again. Mm. Um, and this is like, to me, a really interesting case study of how an NFT can positively impact someone's life. And, you know, I mean, these people, their life isn't like cured and perfect because of because they have this NFT now, but like it could build. And mm-hmm. I, that's the type of story, like. NFT NYC is coming up soon like I want that to be Mm. a big story and Danielle Mm -hmm. and I are actually like we're trying to help Michael like spread the word like get journalists to cover this and it's hilarious because no one cares like at this point no one has picked up this pitch and it's like you guys like this is such an impactful story like we can you can talk to the refugee who went through it who like literally saw his parents die in front of his eyes when he was nine years old and now like like, this is it positively impacting him. Um, but it's like, well, we'd rather cover the red poles or the, um, you know, whatever, and, and, whatever and, it is.
1: Why, why not? I mean, you know, neither Kyle or I are PR experts. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, I guess to me, it would seem obviously if you sent, I don't exactly know what the process is to get a story like that picked up. But
2: mm-hmm.
1: if you sent that to me, I would think, for sure. I would You would write about it. What do yeah, you want? What's...
2: Like, I used to be a reporter. If someone sent me that pitch, I would absolutely write that story. Um, I, And I, I don't think, I think they will. I don't think we've reached the right reporters yet. I mean, and Danielle and I are newer, like our, I mean, we have, we've had hospital stories like on NBC Nightly News, the Today Show, like all these places. Mm-hmm but it's a whole different set of reporters that would be writing about tech for even for those same outlets. So like, Mm -hmm. I do think that's part of it is like building up your producer relationships that like, you know, that they trust you, you trust them. Sure. I think that's part of it. Mm -hmm. So I do think it's a matter of time, but um, yeah, I don't know. Someone needs to cover that story, right? Like we've got to get it. We've got to get it out.
1: Totally. Well, I'm going to be in NYC for NFT NYC, and I would love to sit down with Michael and do an interview. So there we, go. we got one story.
2: <laughs> yeah, perfect. He would love to. He's like the, he's so kind and giving of like his knowledge. Um, he's amazing. So I'm sure he'd love to talk to you.
1: Danielle, what are your thoughts? Why, why there's so many issues with the media and web three and Uh, the current state of how the industry is doing in the media.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think Kristen really nailed it with everything she said. They're just really only interested right now in the the scans and the negative um, aspect of Web3. So I think we just we haven't found the right reporters yet. So we just need Mm -hmm. to keep working. And I think a big part of our job, too, is to help educate them that it's not all negative And mm-hmm. there are really good, heartfelt human interest stories that we know that they're interested in. Um, and so just getting them more familiar with Web3 and more comfortable writing about it and writing about different aspects of it that aren't negative, <laughs> um, I think is really important for us to do. So just working on that relationship building and finding mm-hmm. the and helping them to understand a little bit more about what's going on. Danielle, do you want to tell them about Amanda? Because that's actually an example of us
2: like onboarding a journalist. It's kind of fun.
3: Yeah, so there's a reporter in San Francisco that she actually used to live in Indianapolis and work here where we are. Um, So we had a good working relationship with her. But Um, she's now in San Francisco and um, we started talking to her about web three and crypto and trying to get her to cover some of our stories and she was definitely hesitant at first but um, she's started to become more interested in it and her station wants her to start covering it and start a series like um, educating people from from the very beginning the most basic concepts Mm -hmm. and um, helping them understand a little bit more about Web3 and crypto. So we've been working with her on that. To um, And it's, it's a learning journey for her, too. So it's kind of like she's starting her Web3 journey and taking her viewers along for the ride. So we're really excited to work with her on that.
0: So is the idea in the, in the PR world is, I guess, to find reporters who will write about the stuff that are educated enough to understand it, Uh, And actually be able to write like good content about it. And so the idea from, you know, PR people, let's say from Coinbase and finance and all the big companies around the world that are in crypto web three, is that like something that they're trying to do? Or is there a DAO that does this? Like, who is like actively trying to educate reporters right now? Um, so that they understand what the heck's going on here. Is there anyone doing this or is this a DAO we need to start?
2: (laughs) I, I do think that some of those larger companies have PR teams, right? But I mean, I think it's worth noting that like they probably are trying to do that, but it's really hard to write a Web3 pitch to a reporter because they don't understand the basic principles. So like if you just think about like any thought or story you were gonna want to share like you really it, it's almost like like crafting that pitch so that you can still get your point across of like what the actual news is but like helping mm-hmm. like dumbing it down right mm-hmm. to where they understand it but um no so yeah I, I don't think that there's any DAOs about it that's actually I think that would be interesting right like it'd be nice to have like PR a cool people yeah there, um, have all the best stories because Danielle and I like we literally just see people post like, like Michael, like the story I shared on Twitter. Like if I see something like that on Twitter, I just DM people I'm like, Hey, I would love to volunteer my time to like pitch this story because I, it just, I care about it. Like it drives me crazy that I only see the bad stories. Right. And proxy is still in stealth mode, like still building. So like Mm -hmm. we have the capacity to do that right now. I know we won't soon, Um, but yeah, it's definitely like a little pet project for both of us.
1: You you mentioned before, and I just want to go back to it. Web three doesn't sting so much in, in media. Crypto, you said flat out they hate. Yeah. And then you really cringed at NFTs. Yeah, uh, I'm curious what your thoughts are of the stories behind these different words and the language that we use. Obviously, is so important in mean, storytelling. How do what word are the what are the safe words to use? What are the not so safe words to use? What do you think?
2: I don't think you can get around using those words, unfortunately. Like, you still have to use the word. If the if the pitch is about NFTs, you have to use it. I think we're in this uncomfortable period of, the, like, you just have to, like, keep pushing through the uncomfortable period until you get the good stories out there to mm-hmm. help change people's opinion. Um, but, yeah, I, and I don't think people, like, Web3, most people just don't know what it is, Right. right. So I think that's the reason they don't feel as negative about it. But I don't, Danielle. What do you think?
3: Yeah, I agree. I think when they see Web three, they just think like, what huh? that idea <laughs> that is, and when they see crypto, they just immediately think of the scams or losing money, mm-hmm. or, or they uh, feel like
2: they got left behind because yeah. everyone art. They're like, oh, everyone already got rich on it. Like yeah. I didn't get a crypto punk or an ape. Well, yeah. so it's over. So it's like almost like they want it to fail just because. Mm-hmm. They didn't get that, right? Like, that's why we have to show them all the good things people are building. Like, oh my, like we're still so early, right? Like you see all the, every once in a while, I see like studies released. It's like, this is how many people in the world have NFTs or wallets that have NFTs or whatever. And it's like so small. It's Mm -hmm. really, really small when you Mm -hmm. think about it. Um, So yeah, I think some people just feel like they missed the bus and that bums them out. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, which, as you said, is not true, but right. I think fear plus this FOMO uh, is, it makes people uncomfortable and you'd rather hate it than try to understand it. Cause it's easier to just say, oh no, I don't like that, than it is to put in the effort to understand it. Uh, you told a great story about Michael. I'm curious, are there any other stories that you've seen or you know, you know about that you would like to see picked up or positive stories in Web3?
2: Um, we're, we're one of the, some of the ones we're working on with Amanda is just showing education NFTs. Like, um, my first NFT was Astro Girls Society. Um, it's okay. like pretty small, but I literally like, um, joined it because if you have the nft then it unlocks your like you get a one-on-one mentor and like access to like the weekly education series so i was like well sure like i'll buy this nft just so that i can like be in this community of other women who are learning web three together so like i think those are interesting ones to see Mm -hmm. um i'm obsessed with drift drifter shoots but i don't know if you guys know him oh
1: yeah yeah,
2: that but that has made it like he's been in the New York Times and stuff, right? Yeah. But like I think that that is an incredible story of like his. Mm-hmm. Like I have a PR crush on him. Like I get PR crushes on like these little things that happen (laughs) where I'm like, oh, that's such a good story. Like, oh my God, I wish I represented you so that we could like share the story or something, you know? Um, Those are, those are the biggest ones that I can think of.
1: Can we give a little bit of context to our listeners around Drifter Shoots? Because I'm sure many people don't know about that story.
2: Yeah, I can. You guys might know more than me. I can if you Uh, want to though.
1: Yeah, you can go, you go first. I'll I'll do my best to fill it in. Uh, I know a little bit about it.
2: Okay, well, uh, as I understand it, he's a veteran um, who came home with like PTSD and um, his outlet uh, to like feel better, express himself, deal with his uh, pain was like he climbs really tall buildings um, and bridges uh, and That's actually illegal. Uh, It's private. (laughs) He's trespassing, right? But what is is it called? Urban exploring or urban hiking? I don't know. It has a name. What he what he does? But anyways, he is a great photographer, and so he takes his camera with him when he climbs up to these buildings and takes a picture at the top where you can see his feet, and he's like off the side of a skyscraper or off the side of a bridge looking down. And they're, they're literally breathtaking. Like it makes you like, you get a little bit of anxiety when you look at it, but you're like, Oh, it's so beautiful too. And then like, when you learn the story behind it, it's just like that much more interesting, but he got into a lot of trouble and I I do Mm -hmm. think he went to jail for a little while.
1: Yeah. For a year, I think he went to jail for a considerable period of time.
2: Yeah. Um, But he was eventually released and Mm -hmm. now his NFTs are selling at Sotheby's for like, millions right mm-hmm. like and was, he's actually really cool because photography nfts there's not those aren't even like that's a little smaller subset right but mm-hmm. like i have from working in uh, sports i have a lot of photographer friends who are so talented and i'm like oh man i wonder if you guys could like do something. I was like, I don't know enough to tell you what to do, but like, I don't think that like maybe it will be something and maybe you should be doing it now, but um yeah. So, and he like got sponsored by Vans because he's wearing yep. Vans when he takes the yep. picture. So this is like, I mean, this guy is like absolutely kicking butt at everything mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I just think that's an incredible story of redemption and yeah. NFTs, like they changed yeah. his life.
1: Mm-hmm. What I remember is uh, that when, when he got out of jail, he released uh, and did an NFT drop of, of some of his photos and it got a lot of attention because of who he was and he had had all these shots of, on top of buildings, as you said prior, but the, the photos he did on this drop were, were very different because it was I think it was called something like my first day out or something like that. And it was about his energy and excitement for being out. And at that time in in the NFT space, everyone was about utility, utility, utility. And so he dropped these NFTs and all the news was not about how he got out of jail and how it was, he had had donated a percentage of royalties. I think it was a big percentage of royalties are donated uh, Mm -hmm. to um, some prison reform organization. And, uh, but everybody, all the NFT world was just, Well, where's my utility? I I spent so much on this, this NFT and but there's no utility, it's just a a photograph, uh, which, which was, which is funny. I mean, it's a separate conversation. We don't need to go down the should NFTs have utility and when is an NFT art, not conversation. That's a separate thing. But, uh, but yeah, I do remember that was the reason it came up in my world was there was just this uh, blow up of, yeah, where's the utility? (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah but it gives you an emotion like from my side i'm like i love mm-hmm. i love art and like um to me it's just like i have like such an, a reaction every time i see one of his photos and i've seen mm-hmm. a lot but like it doesn't go away so i don't know he's special i think anyway mm-hmm.
0: i think in this space there's a lot of there's a lot of really good things happening uh, a lot of really cool projects being built really cool dows really cool nfts for good causes etc um but like you said PR is not picking it like the the media, sorry, is not picking it up at all. Uh, And I think many of our listeners have really cool stories and things, um, but not many of our listeners, I'm sure, and probably not many in Web3 in general, like DAOs and NFT projects have PR people, um, so they don't necessarily have the expertise. Um, We have some expertise on the show right now. So I'm just curious if you were to I don't know if it's want to break down a framework but if you were to give some advice to others in the web 3 space that are doing really cool things like you say things that are like heartwarming and like can be really good stories what do you recommend they do how do they get this kind of stuff picked up like what's your process
3: yeah i think a a really good way to start is to just really keep tabs on you know who's writing about this kind of stuff who's interested in crypto and web3 what reporters are writing about it and how are they covering it um, and just kind of start to keep a list of, of those people that you think may be interested in what you're working on, or maybe more receptive to your story. Um, and just be aware of, you know, what's, what's in the news this week in crypto and how are there, is there a rug pull going on that's going to overshadow my story? Or should, you know, should I wait until next week? Um, that kind of thing. And yeah. Um, just taking note of how other companies are <clears throat> being represented in the media and um, what they're saying, how they're handling things, and how that is received by the public. I think a lot of really good lessons can be learned from that. Um, and then just really uncovering those golden story, those golden nuggets of stories that are um, really make have a human connection that people can connect with um are going to be the ones that are most likely to get picked up i think
0: okay interesting. and you can dm them down. on
3: twitter yeah i was going to add you
2: don't need to like it doesn't have to be like a formal like written pitch like you can just message them on twitter or you can reply mm. to something that they've tweeted um I, I it doesn't have to be like so formal or formulaic or whatever mm-hmm. um i think that that's how it's going to be in the future. Um, but yeah, and I do think like, you know, I, when you come out with like a fancy new product and te- like, it'll it'll get you, yeah, I think it's important to think about what your goals are. Like, do you want to see it in Wired or whatever like tech publication that was always going to cover something like this? Or is your goal like, do you want to bring more people to Web3? So then, maybe it needs to go to like these mainstream outlets where you're going to have eyeballs on it that aren't the people that already know like what's what it is like. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, like I think that's what like what we've been focusing on recently is to just like try to get it that like the wider views. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it all depends on what you're like. If you just need to have a splash, and then maybe your board or fundraising need it, like whatever, like. Then that's good, and maybe those like that's all you need to do. But um, there's a, a world outside of like our little insular world too.
1: Mm-hmm. And how how do you craft a story for PR? So so many of these projects, Web three projects out there, uh, they you know they would love PR, I'm sure. Uh, but I think that the the natural would be just to you know talk about your product and talk about what you're doing. And does that like, is that really? I, I feel like PR might not be looking for that because they're like, "Well, now I'm just doing an ad for your company, right?" Yeah. Which yeah. I'm guessing they're not. They're not. They're not interested in that. So, w- what are the steps, or how would you guide somebody to craft a story for journalists and for media?
2: Um, I would find a person who was positively impacted by using your product. Mm. Like that's what it has to be, because then you tell it through them. Like when Danielle and I worked at the hospital if there was like some new fancy imaging equipment, whatever, like, There's, you don't go to the reporter and say, like, oh, this machine is the best machine ever, and it costs this much money, and it's going to make the hospital this much money. Like, right. You go and find the person who the machine caught the cancer in, and then they got treatment, and now they're living their life with their family and friends, and like doing everything that they always wanted to do because the machine caught. Their medical issue and save their life. So that's my approach. I don't know if that's everyone's approach, but like, I think humanizing things is like a, a great hack to get your products mm-hmm. covered mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm.
1: Danielle, I know, uh, I'm going to just jump over a sec here. Cause I know you're building community for proxy right now. Uh, and I think there's a little bit of tie-in around celebrating your community members and what Kristen's talking about mm-hmm. any, any thoughts and as you build your community, h- how do you engage your communities to share these stories, how do you get these from your community members, how, you know, is have you have you been able to do that or do they just kind of naturally happen.
3: Yeah, so we we've, we've started building a community around our um, PX Dev Hub, which is a co working space in San Francisco open to anyone working on Web3 proge- projects. Um, and so when in the process of onboarding people and getting them access to the space and <clears throat> into our um, Twitter community and Discord, we ask them to tell us a little bit about what they're working on, what their projects is, and uh, what their projects are, and connect them with you know, others who are already in the group who may be working on mm. something similar. Um, but something that we are starting actually this week Um, is a new Twitter space series. It's going to be called PX Unplugged, and um, each week we'll have a new community member on to talk about what project they're working on and just give them a chance to share everything they're working on and you know, what their pain points are, if they're looking for people with specific skills to join them or anything like that. And I think that'll be a really good way for people to just connect with each other within our community and learn a little bit more about um, Mm -hmm. what people are working on and stuff like that. So we're really excited about that.
2: That's great. There's a little bit of context that's interesting to the Dev Hub. Um, it, It happened because when we became a new, a Web3 company, the engineers like had they made a big shift, right? They're working on something totally different now and they needed time to do that. Um, so we were, then there's like our, our team, Danielle and I, and there's a couple other people. Um, and we we're like, okay, well, we're spending all this time learning about web three and that's great. But like, also like our, cause during COVID our, com- our company became completely distributed. So, and they have this beautiful loft office in San Francisco, like, and it's like by the stadium, um, the baseball stadium, Oracle, Oracle park. Right. Mm-hmm. Is that what it is? Um, and uh, so it, we are like, w- well, we get, we're going to have our product eventually and we need we're going to need to be able to ask people like have a network product like here it is you know here's do you like it what don't you like like what should we do with it so we're like okay well no one's using the office let's just open it up to let anyone in san francisco who is working is building in web3 to come in and then they'll all have be, be able to network with each other and mm-hmm. you know it, it, it's it's grown so fast like we quickly connected with the um it's like web three crypto startups in San Francisco. It's like a little meetup group, but they're like, Mm -hmm. they, they're huge. Like they're so um, it's like they get together. I think they do like three or four um, like seminars or meetups a month. And they do one in person um, meetup at the dev hub every month. And you know, where they, a speaker comes in and it's just people who are building and they talk about what they're building and it's like, there's like 80 people there and it's really, really fun. And um, it, it's just interesting because like, I don't think anyone, it was literally just an empty space and like not doing anything. And now all of a sudden it's like this living breathing thing and people are in there working every, every single mm-hmm. day. Um, and it's just like, it's, it's been really fun to watch that happen in like two and a half months. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. That's
1: amazing we'll be sure to share in the show notes for our listeners. If you're in San Fran and you want to find out more about PX Dev Hub, uh, I wish I was in San Fran. I would definitely, I would definitely go work there. There's nothing like that where I live. So that sounds fantastic.
3: Yeah. And if they're interested, they can just send us a DM on Twitter. at
1: Awesome. Awesome. So going back to what Web3 companies can be doing to, uh, to get PR for themselves. I know one thing you mentioned before the podcast was uh, preparing for crisis. Crisis communication is a, um, a, a difficult thing within PR. Um, how Should, should, should Web3 companies have a crisis communication plan? Is that something that should be on their mind? Is it, should it Can it be simple? Like, I'm just curious to get your thoughts on that because honestly, it's not even something that would ever cross my mind. Uh, I'd probably wait until I got hit by the bus to deal with it.
2: (laughs) You can have a crisis. You should probably have a plan to handle it, right?
3: Um, Danielle is really good at this. I feel like she should jump in. (laughs) Um, Yeah, definitely. Everyone should have a crisis plan because it's not, if we have a crisis, it's when we have a crisis, there's always going to be something, whether big or small, that comes up. And so it's best to just be prepared. I mean, obviously, you never know what exactly is going to happen, but if you can kind of think through your your most likely scenarios of what might happen or um, you know what we would do in this type of situation. That's going to help you move a little bit quicker and more efficient when it does happen. Um, so, in front
2: of it with the messaging, like if you mm-hmm. can have a message ready, then it doesn't have. It doesn't just have to be what Crypto Twitter is saying about what happened. Right. Like they can come to and see, like you know, your messaging. So it helps you like um, shape the narrative a little bit more.
0: And, and, you and never I think control
2: in- it, but you can help shape <laughs> right.
0: In, in Web3, everything is basically financialized. So I feel like every Web3 company uh, should have a crisis communication plan because if you're holding any user—not holding user money—but you just think you're—if there's a token involved, there's definitely mm-hmm. a chance that crisis can happen. I think we're all going through a crisis right now with this bear market, um, and you want to be able to have something in plan for your your community, for your audience, for your users, whatever. Um, just curious, you said try to get ahead of the story what are your sort of tactics that you would use if a crisis happens? Like the one I think of is like optimism, which is a layer two for Ethereum has been amazing. I feel like their PR has been incredible. Their sort of like story that they've been telling on social has been incredible. And all of a sudden they sent a transaction of like 20% of their tokens that they just airdropped to the wrong place and it got hacked. And I was like, no, they've been doing everything right this whole time. And here's a crisis. what like when things like that happen these accidents or maybe it's an accidental rug pull or someone hacks you like what is the plan is it just get ahead of it or is it like what do you guys think about or what are you trying to do whenever something like that happens
2: i I think you have to acknowledge what happened number one and and then from there you have to very quickly show that what your plan is moving forward like okay this happened here's what we can what what steps we've taken and this would be different in every single case so it's hard to give examples like mm-hmm. but but it's like here's the steps that we're doing to help the people that got hurt like that are our people right or our community members or whatever um, here's what they can do to minimize their the damage that has happened or or losses or whatever um, and then here's two or three things that are going to be done immediately to help this never happen again like, I think that's like the, a vague way of handling
3: it. I don't know, Danielle, did I? Did I yeah, I, I completely agree. You definitely want to acknowledge what happened. Um, you don't want to be vague or brushing things under the rug or anything like that. Um, I think it's important to acknowledge what is going on and to be very clear about um, what, what you're going to do to fix it or um, to address it and to show real compassion, I think is really important in a statement too. You don't want to come off as cold or corporate Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. um you know just self-serving you want to let your your stakeholders or your clients or whoever it may be know that you care about them and you're going to do whatever you can to act in their best interest to make it better Mm
0: -hmm. so it's it's all about transparency which i mean is one of the ethos of web3 anyway right like we have these public open permissionless blockchains. And this is what this com- like the, the the Web3 community loves, right? Is this sort of transparency of ev- everything instead of centralized organizations, which are holding and, and sort of like keeping everything private. Um, mm-hmm. So Celsius, who's the one currently going uh, insolvent at the moment, if you someone from Celsius is listening, we need, you guys need to improve your PR because <laughs> right now they are just, they are in crisis and they are not saying anything. So I guess that's a tip that they can take right away. <laughs> You can't
2: hide under a rock forever. Like right. it's, you just, it, it's not going to get better just because you're still under the rock, unfortunately. I mean, the end there is like, it's it's not fun to go through. Like when the things, you know, when Twitter and discord are like on fire about what has happened. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. it's not, it's not fun for anyone, but like, it's, it's only worse if you ignore it. Yeah. I, it just, it doesn't get better.
1: The, the other uh, advice that I would give, and uh, the reason I can give advice on this is I previously uh, have gone through a crisis at uh, an old company uh, that I worked at where uh, somebody, somebody died, um, like a customer of ours died uh, on one of, we were a travel company, and they died on one of our trips. Now, it was not our fault, um, but we we were placed in blame because of the way the media picked up the story. Uh, and we did everything that you said. Uh, we were transparent and came out and were open about it from the beginning. Um, but it didn't matter. The media had picked their angle and they stuck with it. Uh, so the next thing that we really focused on was our own people. Uh, and that became, looking back, I wish we spent more time on this, was... Getting our team together and keeping them tight and sharing as much as we can with them because that the outcome of the situation was not only did it affect our business financially, it affected our team in probably the biggest way and our culture. Because when the media catches a story and you know you're your aunt or uncle is like, oh, don't you work at that company? Like, they're bad. The media just told me mm-hmm. they're bad. And you're not confident in your answer, and you're not able to uh, to address that from the perspective, because basically every single person in crisis, every single person at your company becomes a spokesperson for your company, even though okay. they're probably not trained for it and they're not capable yeah. of it, right? Uh, and that was probably the biggest thing that I saw going through that situation was like, it's so important to, to keep, the, keep the family and keep the team together and keep, do whatever you can do to make people understand the situation so that they can make their own decision as opposed to just going the direction of the media, because usually it's the easy way to go.
2: No, people always forget about internal communication. Like it's so important and it's its own animal. And a lot of times it gets lumped together, like with PR, um, you know, PR PR people are expected. It's like people assume they know exactly what they're doing, but like they, we really don't. It's so, it's completely different. Um, And I think Danielle and I both have a little bit of experience with internal comms too. and you know like for example if your ceo goes out and like does something crazy um you you should acknowledge it and be like hey here's you know either we're sorry like apologize to them right and, um, like you could, you can even give them like, here's what you say. If your neighbor says this, if your mom mm-hmm. says, Not like that you have to say this, but like here, because people want, like our engineers are, they, they'll always ask us, like, can you just tell me what to say? like Mm -hmm. they they just want to know like it's it's our brains like if we see like just simple little like bullet point information like so much easier easier for us to recall that than to just like sputter on the spot and like wiggle uncomfortably and just not know what to say Mm -hmm. so yeah that's really important
0: I feel like that's escalated even further in Web3 because this internal comms, because in Web3, it's all about community. We talk about this like all the time is mm-hmm. that your community is so important. And so you have your internal team typically when you have a project in Web3, but then you also have this like bigger community that might own your mm-hmm. NFT or your tokens or whatever. And I feel like the same thing probably applies to them. You want to educate them too, you want to be transparent to them and maybe even give them the words that they should be saying. Um, yeah
2: yeah. it is it's like all internal like i feel like community building public relations internal comms like they're all the same thing and Mm -hmm. like to some extent like even marketing Marketing. is getting in now like um and, and it is it's like it's all this it's like all in the same family super related
1: all right let's let's shift gears to chat a little bit about proxy uh so tell us i mean and maybe maybe you're not sure because you weren't in old proxy very long. But why did why did proxy make the transition to Web three? How's it going? Uh, what's the focus? I know you guys have got some stuff in the works that's a bit you know behind closed doors, and maybe you can't talk about it right now. But whatever you can give us, uh, what's
0: going on over at Proxy? Yeah, start with what Proxy is because I think a lot of people don't necessarily know the yeah. whole details of it. <laughs>
3: Danielle, you want this one? Sure. Um, so we are building a, kind of like a, a backpack for the crypto world. So it's a tool that's going to have lots of different aspects to it that will just kind of be everything that you need to get through the Web3 and crypto journey that people are on. So um, when when we first started with Proxy, we were building um, or we were working on um, digital identity Um, So your driver's license, your vaccine, proof of vaccine card um, was all digital on your phone. Um, And then with that, you could, um, we had door access readers. So you could use your digital identity to unlock doors that you had access to at your office or things like that. Um, But really the, the basis behind all of this is, owning your own data and um, having all of your data secure and being in control of what what information you're putting out there and can you when you can recall it back and so to make that as secure as possible it really became clear that this needed to be a web3 project and um, that's when we kind of made the shift over um, to web3 so Mm -hmm. i don't know if i explained that very well (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
2: and and there's like I, I can't wait until um gosh I feel like we're getting close like in the next month or so like we'll have a lot more of information um be less stealth mode um to share but uh yeah it's been really exciting to watch them build um and while we've been waiting on them to build uh, our little team has done a little bit of our non-tech, we have a couple technical people actually on our team too. So we, um, uh, realized that our, our team happens to all be women, like for whatever reason, um, I, it, it's just, it is. And we realized that, um, like right off the bat, we were like, oh, I wish there was like a Yelp for web three. Like, I mm-hmm. wish there was just, cause like we were researching all of these wallets, And just for ourselves, like, so that we could purchase digital currency for the first time or buy an NFT for the first time and like going, continuing searching and searching and searching. And I was like, everything I'm finding is just like the wallet's website. Like, it's just the marketing material of the project. I was like, I don't trust this. Like, I, I want to hear from someone not affiliated with this company. Like if this is a good product or not, um, So yeah, our little um, passion project is like building um, a Yelp of Web3 through like, um, just like women's experiences, like
0: Hmm.
2: you come and just share like what your experience was and it's left there and then they start accumulating and everyone can come and see Um, because I think women, there's like statistics that women make their purchasing decisions based off of reviews, reviews more than like. Um, like hearing directly from a source or like seeing someone mm-hmm. else. Like they, they need to see that it's like their language. It's what, it's what works for us. So um, that's something fun that we're working on while, while we um, wait to come out of stealth mode. Mm-hmm.
1: And is that, is that live? Can, can we access that? It sounds fantastic by the way. I love
2: it. <laughs> uh, I know you've had Anna Cat on your um, yep. uh, podcast before. Um, Anna, it, it's close. Like we're Anna is our uh, fearless leader, um and we're. um I, I i think like at the end of June there'll be like a website that you can go to and and start poking around. So we're getting really close.
1: Okay, we'll we'll, uh, we'll, we'll update the show notes. We're we're mid June right now when we're recording this. We'll update the show notes when that comes out for those who listen after June. I'm sorry, and we should have can...
2: postponed a couple of weeks. Yeah. <laughs>
1: That's okay. Yeah, no, that's okay. In PR world, you got to keep moving forward. Everybody's building.
0: It never ends. (laughs) And with with proxy, you mentioned it's like a backpack for Web3, which is, uh, that's very interesting. Is this like, I mean, we have wallets for Web3. Is this like a better version of a wallet? Is that like, it's more encompassing or uh, when you, can can you dive into that at all?
2: We can give one hint. Um, Think wearables. So. Yeah, I don't think we can share much more than that, but that's a pretty big component of what we're working on. It's not an actual backpack, but it is something <laughs> like, that would be really funny. Um, but yeah, think, think, think wearables and you know, um, that, that's kind of the direction they're heading in.
0: Cool, well, we will share links to, to Proxy where people can uh, keep an eye on what's going on, whether their Twitter or their, their website and that as well. What is there? the
1: what is the timeline for for the proxy project?
2: Um, I think like they're looking at September as like okay. actually. I mean, stuff will come out before then, but like where people are actually like using the product, I think will be September. Yeah, it's
1: it's funny when you say wearable. Now I used to instantly think hardware, hard, hard, good, but now I actually think. Is it a wearable in the metaverse or is it a wearable in your life? That's what I was thinking too.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Really good question. question. Could
1: be either. Could be either. Could be both. Could be both. I did go
2: to my first like metaverse party uh, a couple weeks ago and I was like, I have so much to learn. (laughs) I was like, what anyone's doing. Like, it's so interesting. I do love that. Like, that's probably one of my favorite things about this whole space is I literally learn something every day.
1: Right. Super. Totally. Where? With? Tell us a little bit about the party. Where was it? Which metaverse were you in? What did you do?
2: Uh, I have. Um... Actually, this is a fun story for non-technical people in Web3. I'm a a PR person, but like I was a writer first. So I was like, how am I going to contribute? Like, I want to be in a community that I'm actually like doing something for so that I feel like more invested. So it was actually for Astro Girls um, that I mentioned is the first NFT I purchased. Um, I wrote, uh, I interviewed all the founders of that project and wrote a blog um, about them, like just basically their whole like origin story and mm-hmm. what their plan was for the project um, and they paid me by giving me a, my BFF um, bracelet mm. so which was crazy like to me like that was you know before that project meant it, like I could have sold that for six grand
0: mm-hmm.
2: and, and you know like and that was something from nothing like from someone who's never had an NFT before, like I've never gotten paid $6,000 for a newspaper article, like that's, <laughs> that's what we should tell journalists that, and then maybe, yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah,
0: yeah, there you go, <laughs> you know, yeah,
2: we should make note of that, like that's maybe the direction we need to go, yeah, um, <laughs> we'll get their attention at least, um, Incentives. yeah, but um, from there, so like you basically, they did like their, um, unveil for um what their like perks were for what whatever nft you ended up minting was in the metaverse so Mm -hmm. that was my first experience
1: okay awesome and you got a wearable you got a t-shirt
2: so in the metaverse so that ties in with what you were were talking about there you
0: go there you go (laughs) so jay has some speed round questions uh as we wrap up here for you guys uh are you both ready to do some just a couple speed round questions sure Perfect.
1: Okay, uh, I mean, I asked this first question, but uh, I'm Kristen. You can't you can't say an NFT. You've already said, or maybe you can. But uh, what's an NFT you'll never sell?
2: Hmm. <laughs> oh. Well, I only have like three, so I
0: was
2: like, <laughs> this is my Astro girls. I, I it, it's like sentimental for sure. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I only have a couple as well, but I'll probably never sell my first Astro girl because it was my first NFT that I ever got. So
1: right. yes, I'd like to cool. Here. Cool. Uh, favorite person to follow on Twitter.
2: Um, Drifter shoots obsessed. Mm. I already mentioned him. Love him. And and our friend Regan. I have. To, she is like our um, Regan not Regan is her handle, but she uh like started onboarding at the exact same time we did. And she uh, like made a Twitter handle and overnight got like a thousand followers just because she was like, I'm going to do Web3 onboarding. And nice. everyone followed her. And she like literally onboarded our entire team at Proxy to Web3. And <laughs> she's like, she's a graduating senior at USC. Like wow. it's, amazing. that's like, the I think that's just crazy about Web3 that like
0: mm-hmm.
2: all of my mentors
3: are like, 10 years younger
0: than
3: me. Yeah, I definitely agree with, Regan is a great person to follow, but also Kristen is one of my favorite people to follow on Twitter because she finds a really good um, Twitter threads and crypto Twitter threads that are just breaking down like either news or some big concept into something that's more digestible and she'll always retweet them or add her own comments on them. So. Um, I really enjoy following you, Kristen. Thanks, Danielle. I do (laughs) love adding my own little commentary. Can't help
0: myself. Amazing. (laughs)
1: Uh, Any upcoming Web3 projects that you're excited about? NFT, DAO, protocol, tool, could be anything.
2: Um, I would say that this isn't super specific, but I am actually, um, because I'm like, I don't know, punish myself. I'm also doing real estate school right now, just as like <laughs> as something else that I wanted to learn about. Um, I'm really interested and in, I've only seen snippets of it, but like how NFTs can play in with real estates and deeds mm. and I just think there's a lot to think about on that because it's such an, I'm learning realist. It's like a very antiquated system, right? Like it yeah. has a lot of room to improve and get more. Oh,
0: toss does it ever.
2: <laughs> um, and just ownership in general. Like I think that Web3, when you think about that in the real estate world, like, oh my God, opportunities are endless of like how we could actually make the world a better place potentially. Mm.
3: So I'm definitely following that whole uh, area pretty closely.
1: Danielle?
3: Um, I think I'm most excited the thing I'm most excited about is our side project because we're going to be launching that really soon so I'm just Mm -hmm. excited to see how that goes and how it's received and you know how it can help women be more comfortable in the space so I'm really excited about that.
1: Is there there a name?
3: Yeah
2: it's called Glypta's um G-L-Y-P-T-A um and you'll have to have Anna. You guys should definitely have Anna back on because the branding and mark that like went into it, like that word, it means something specific, and it's like a thread. I think what is Danielle? It's like it's a a stone like that's a precious stone that's like carved. Um, and it like if you think about that, like if it's like a rating system, like you can kind of imagine like where we might go um, with like threading that through branding and and themes and all that.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was very well thought out. I think you would really enjoy talking with Anna about it because she's she's definitely the brains behind the branding.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, well, we had Anna on the podcast like two months ago, I think, uh, on, uh, on the panel podcast when we talked about marketing and Web3 and marketing in the, in the metaverse. And uh, yeah, she's a fantastic guest. Definitely, definitely look to have her back on. Uh, well, that's, that's all the speed round questions I've got for today. Um, this has just been an absolute joy. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your knowledge. Uh, I learned a lot uh, and I'm sure our listeners did too.
2: Well, thanks for having us. It was such fun. We just, I can't believe like that, that hour went by really, really fast. I could have gone <laughs> for another hour. So thank you for having us.
1: Yeah. We'll have to get you back on after, uh, in September, whenever the proxy launch happens, it'd be great to get you back on and chat about that.
2: We'd love to. All
1: right.
0: Thanks, Danielle. thanks Kristen. That was great.
2: Thank you.
0: Bye Bye guys. Bye everyone. Have a great day. You
2: too.
0: Thank you for listening to Web3 Academy. We hope this helps you along your Web3 journey. If it does, please share this episode and subscribe. So you don't miss the next one, by the way, if you have yet to join the discord community, you are missing out. This is where all the magic happens. This is where we learn, where we ask questions, where we network. Uh, you want to be in there. The link to join is in the description below. And finally, a quick disclaimer.